Hello, and welcome to the Fantastic Comic Fan Podcast. I am your host, R.T. Fleming. I'm here to help you find your next digital pick from the golden age to the present. Since I was a kid, I have been reading comics, and I have never lost my love of comic books. I try to pass on that excitement for comic books to others, always looking for that next fantastic read, or discovering an old favorite. It's Thursday, June 14, 2022, and this is episode 46 of Fantastic Comic Fan Podcast. And today is the last of three podcasts that we put out for the week. Yesterday, John Dexter, Dexter talked about his indie comic, Alpha Dog. The story's hero, a pitfall named Buck, is feared by the public for his breed and size, but is a kind-hearted dog as you could ever find. His journeys across the country as an attempt to track down a dangerous dog before it carries out its owner's plans for revenge on America. On Tuesday, we talked about a creator who doesn't get the attention he should, and that was Gardner Fox. And who better to discuss Gardner Fox than Jennifer DeRoss, who wrote Forgotten All-Star, a biography of Gardner Fox. We specifically traveled back to Batman's early Golden Age adventures, of which Fox wrote six of those tales. That brings us to today, and I'm teaming up with Billy Dunleavy from a World of Fire podcast which covers the All-Star Squad. And we are talking Silver Age, specifically Mystery into Space 75 with Adam Strange and some guest stars that you're just going to have to listen to the podcast to find out who they are. If you like what you hear today, please spread the word. Suggest it to other comic fans. Look at the show notes and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and other social media. The more listeners who tune in, the more who might explore a new comic, help fund a Kickstarter campaign, or find a new indie to support. As always, I do truly want to hear from you about the good and not so good things about the podcast, what you like and don't like. What should I cover on the podcast? You are definitely free to message me on Instagram, Twitter, or email me at fantasticcomicfan, all one word. Now on to today's show. Hello and welcome back to the Fantastic Comic Fan Podcast. Today's guest is Billy Dunley. Billy, this is your first time on the podcast. And before we go on, I usually like to find out because I'm curious, how did you get your start in comic books? What was your like origin story of how you decided that comic books is now something I've got to be part of the rest of my life? Well, thanks for having me, Ron. Uh, for me, comic books are an interesting, uh, you know, superheroes in general and uh, through, uh, you know, television and movies were basically my inroads. Uh, you know, the Christopher Reeve Superman film, loved it. Uh, still love it to this day. I still think it's the best superhero film ever made. Uh, I know, love it. And, you know, stuff like that, like the, I saw reruns of the 68 Spider-Man uh, television cartoon as well. So I was always into superheroes, super friends television show as well. The actual first comics I ever read were at uh, my local library. Uh, they had a library edition of the DC uh, Secret Origins. Uh, you know, the, the I think it was in the 1970s it came out, you know, where it showed you all the like Superman, Wonder Woman, all, all the big, you know, the big seven or whatever you want to say. Uh, you know, back, yes, exactly. Back then, that yeah. was the only way that you could get comic books was those trades like that when i remember exactly which ones you're talking about and then son of origins and origin of marvel comics and 
Mm-hmm. You know, they had Batman from the 30s to the 70s and Superman from the 30s to the 70s. But that's all you had in comic books at the library. But go on with your story here. Yeah, so that was uh, how I got into that. And I literally read that uh, book. You know, it was an actual library edition. It was like a hardcover, you know, like a library book. But uh, yeah, it was a library edition of that. And I read that over and over and over again. But I didn't actually start buying my own comics until I was old enough to have a job and, you know, have some income there and start buying comics, you know, a few years later. But uh, yeah, that was how I got into comics. And as soon as I started buying, I have never stopped. I went backwards quickly rather than forwards uh, once I started buying because I just always felt like Bronze and Silver Age and even Golden Age to a point, those comics appealed to me a little bit more than uh, you know, more modern stuff. Um, I think it's more of an art choice, not really a story thing, but I think a digital art really, it just doesn't really do it for me. And like the glossy paper, I don't really care for, like, I really like newsprint and, you know, hand-drawn artwork that just really, really calls to me. Yeah. The silver age artists, I mean, they have a very distinct style that you're right there. It's very appealing. Not always the story because a lot of the silver age stories were kind of zany and crazy, but a lot of them were fun to read. You, Billy, also have a few side projects going on. Why don't you tell us about your podcast, what else you got going on? So like when people go to the show notes, they can actually follow you and check your stuff out. Yeah, so probably the most uh, famous one <laughs> that I am on is uh, A World on Fire, an All-Star Squadron podcast that was started by uh, me and uh, a guy named Herman Lowe. And we probably had a lot of fun with it. And thought, oh, this is going to be a fun project. And it really has grabbed a lot of people. And there's been so much engagement with it that I didn't realize how much that title was, you know, beloved. I, I just maybe, you know, my partner did, but I, I didn't realize it because I was reading through it basically for the first time in the last few years where, you know, he and a lot of other people have been reading it since they were kids. But I just I couldn't believe the amount of engagement from people on that title. It blew me away. Totally agree with you because, I, like I said before we started, I just started reading All Star Squadron again from the beginning, and just the concepts that Roy Thomas introduced into them, and his knack of bringing in old Golden Age stories and weaving them into the you know the Bronze Age continuity. It really is a special series, and unfortunately, Crisis kind of like ruined everything about the All Star Squadron and Earth Two. And that's my big thing with Crisis. I always tell people I wish they just would have kept. A few Earths, Earth One, Two, the Shazam world. It just really made DC really special and unique and kind of fun and different. But that's decades in the past. So today we are going to be talking about a comic book that you picked out. It's Mystery in Space 75 of Silver Age. It came out in 62. It was written by the legendary Gardner Fox with um, art by Carmine Infantino with inks by Murphy Anderson. Why did you choose this particular comic, Billy? So in getting to know Gardner Fox a little bit more, my first experience with him was him writing Doctor Strange, who uh, you know I'm a huge fan of, uh, and he had written some stories in Marvel Premiere. They were more like you know uh, Lovecraftian horror story type things, but that's how I got to know him. And then I found out by you know going back and uh, looking through uh, different websites and stuff like that that wow he had written such a ton of Justice League and all these great cool sci-fi stories from you know the Silver Age and I started snapping up anytime I could find any of his sci-fi work 
and reading it. And I absolutely love it. So when I saw DC put out one of these facsimile editions a couple of years ago of this story, I grabbed it immediately because I thought, hey, for three or four bucks, this is going to be great. And uh, yeah, love it. So love, uh, like I said, Infantino and Anderson, the art too is great, but love Gardner Fox. You know, Gardner Fox, you're right. He was a a, a big part of the DC mythos. Uh, he's not a character. It's not a writer that a lot of people remember right now, but you're right. They really need to go back and look at the Silver Age and Golden Age stuff that he did. Unfortunately, he left, I'm sorry, he left DC in the late 60s when they're trying to get health insurance coverage started for the creators and DC kind of like cleaned house and got rid of a lot of people. So he went over to Marvel. He really didn't do much Marvel. You're right. He did Marvel premiere five through eight. He did some Tomb of Dracula's, Chamber of Chills, a couple of uh, vampire tale stuff. Yes, he was a great Silver Age writer. Very highly recommend people check him out. So back to Mystery in Space 75, which was again written up by Gardner Fox and Carmine Infantino, who's another great artist new fans need to check out. This is Adam Strange. So go on with why you picked this particular book. Yeah, Adam Strange to me is a really cool character. He is the atypical like 1950s or 60s, you know, science fiction guy where he's in like a suit and he has a helmet and a ray gun and all that cool stuff. But then also in this issue, we get to see the Justice League as well. So you, you got more bang for your buck here with you got a Adam Strange sci-fi adventure plus throw in the Justice League as well. I find it interesting that the Justice League is not even on the cover. It's just the no, villain. No. It's like, really, you did not even have the Justice League. Uh, this story, I believe, came about because readers were talking about how the Flash and the Justice League, they were thinking about adding Adam Strange to the Justice League. And readers are going, well, wait a minute. This happens. Uh, Adam Strange Adventures happened on, out in Rand. How can they possibly know who he is? And the story came about to show how the Justice League and Adam Strange met and got together and knew each other. Yeah, really cool story. And I think that, you know, when I was reading it, some of the notes here, it said that there was, you know, a uh, the JLA had fought Kanjar Rowe and these uh, three other aliens maybe the year previous in their yes. own title too. Yeah, so that was cool. And I like Kanjar Rowe. He's kind of a, uh, you know, a unique character that doesn't get much play anymore. Space also was a winner of the alley award for uh best story that year the alley wow. yes the alleys were a short-lived fan award kind of like the eisners or the cbg or the wizard that we you you know you remember from the 90s mm -hmm. they only went from 64 through 69 the alleys were the first comic fan award given to comic books so i found that was kind of interesting that's that's why it's so you know so special it also has snapper car in there you know your basic justice league people in there Batman, Flash, Green Lantern, Martian Manhunter, Superman, Wonder Woman. It is a great story. And, you know, Adam Strange was very popular. Like you said, back then, he, he had been around for about four years. He came about in the early Silver Age in uh, a three-issue appearance of Showcase. And he stayed in Mystery in Space for quite a few issues till about issue 100 and then he disappeared he wasn't even very popular during the bronze age much he should sh hold up here and there in the last few years he became retro cool again with his new series and getting a resurgence in that so what else do you think about why should a fan who's like just getting into comic books check something out like mystery in space not only 75 but you know some of these older adam strange tales that are available on the you know 
digital platforms and probably in trade paperbacks also. Well, one thing I will say is, you know, I love action issues that have a ton of action, but I also really uh, am enjoying a lot of Gardner Fox and a lot of these sci-fis, especially the Adam Strange, where there's an opponent, a villain, a foe that needs to be defeated. And in this issue, we really see uh, the Justice League think, well, let's just punch and kick and use our powers. And none of that works. And it takes Adam Strange, you know, uh, thinking his way through this problem and how to stop this villain rather than, you know, using the typical, you know, tropes of the time, even of now of, you know, hey, let's just, you know, use our heat vision to stop this guy. He actually, you know, thinks about it and understands that there's a, a way, a theoretical way to stop this villain. I like it. So it's a, it's a thinking, it's like a problem solver kind of character. And I do like that where it differentiates him from, you know, something like the Justice League. Exactly. I, I agree because I was reading the uh, issue before we started this and it really is a, it's kind of a different Adam Strange issue and it's a different type of comic book even for something for DC because DC really didn't do much crossover, you know, of characters into other books except, you know, like, world's mm-hmm. finest but the justice league appearing in other books that really didn't happen in the early silver age no like mystery in space i found it odd that you know adam strange never got his own book he just kind of stayed in mystery in space which was kind of unlike you know other characters where the adam and green lantern and hawkman they all they all got their own titles but not so with adam strange he just was sort of stuck in mystery in space for for years and i don't think he was very you know he was kind of cool but he wasn't very appreciated after this run and kind of like faded. So is there anything else you want to talk about concerning, you know, this era of Adam Strange and mystery in space? No, just to say that the artwork is absolutely great, especially when there's a close-up. Uh, Infantino and Murphy Anderson, great team, just like Swan and Murphy Anderson, great team as well. You really, when there's close-ups, like the facial expressions and the artwork, it just in general is fantastic in this book. It's great stuff. Yeah, you said Carmen Infantino, and he did mm. a lot of work all the way from, I believe, the late Golden Age, the Silver Age, and the Bronze Age. And most newer readers have no idea who Carmen Infantino is. And he was one of them great legendary figures that, you know, kind of get lost in history now because we're talking like, geez, 80 years of DC history. But he really was along with Gardner Fox, one of those core creators that really the DC foundation of mythos were built upon. That's Mm -hmm. what I was thinking. All right. I think we are done with Mystery in Space 75. This was a fun read. People should check it out. Mm -hmm. It's available in all kinds of editions out there. Before we wrap this segment up, is there anything else you want to add, Billy? No, not at all. Just other than to say, yeah, there's a facsimile edition you could probably find if you want a paper copy. And it's also available on the DC app, you know, which like you and I talked about before we started recording is a, a fantastic way to read a lot of older, expensive comics. This is that's the way to go. Exactly. Billy, thanks so much for joining me and talking about Mystery in Space 75. Hope to have you back on the podcast again. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ron. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Again, I would love to hear from you at fantasticcomicfan at gmail.com. Remember, new episodes every Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and I hope to see you next time.